On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks have 22 games left to try and figure out what this team is. So I got three big questions for them, starting with how good are Luka and Kyrie together? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. Welcome to the Mavericks. don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms five days a week and every post game on every podcast platform, and on YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, watch every day, whichever one, and to comment anything below. Let us know today, what's your one biggest question about the Mavericks heading into the last 22 games? Only 22 games left in the season. This season has been weird, and I'm excited to see where it goes. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Isaac Harris... Dealing with a three-year-old birthday party. Think he would rather be here, but this is where we are in life at this point. It's uh, it's kind of crazy to me sometimes to think about how many of you listening. Like, if you're listening right now, actually, let's do this. If you're listening right now, and uh, and you have been listening for longer than Isaac's daughter has been alive, which is three years. So that's that's a lot of you. That's back. I don't know when is when is what is three years ago. I have to go back to. Let's see. Three years ago, one, two, three. We would be in the tw- the 2020. So if you guys listened during the pandemic, when the NBA was stopped or the bubble, like if you preceded the bubble, listening to Lockdown Mavs, uh, let us know in the comment section. Tweet at Isaac I- at Isaac L Harris. Just say like congrats. I don't know. Just do something. Do something with that. Today's episode. I got three big questions. Got to do the Dirk three. Got to do the Dirk three. Three biggest questions for the last 22 games of the Mavericks season. Now that we are. Post All-Star. This is not second half of the season. Some people will say second half of the season. It's not. But it is like the second half of the NBA season. If you count playoffs, it's like a whole big part of it. But it's not second half of the Mavs regular season. That's for sure. We are a ways into it. And so I need to know, how good are Luka and Kyrie together? The last 22 games, we have to learn that before the playoffs. Two, who else steps up? I think the Mavericks have one more rotation spot in the playoffs to fill. Now, they're not all going to be great. We know this. We'll talk about that. But who else steps up in that ninth spot? And then what is the defense capable of? This Mavericks team is going to be all offense. Jason Kidd has made it very clear that this is an all offense team at this point. But what is the defense capable of? I want to know that. So let's start with that. Uh, or we'll, we'll, we'll just start with talking about what it's capable of in the third segment. But let's start here. Mavericks, according to record, have the easiest schedule the rest of the way. Now, there is no easy in the NBA right anymore you just take a look at the western conference standings where the lakers are two games out of the play-in and there are team then there are you know people out there that would say oh, watch out for the lakers i know we've been saying that for months but watch out for the lakers the revamped lakers they, they changed their team up they got two all-star play type players but like that's how deep the west is, is that, that that lakers team is still two games out of the play-in you have so many teams from one to ten it, it's basically one through ten are like all still in it Spurs and the Rockets are out. Like, there's there's no shot. I mean, the Spurs are, what, <laughs> 15 games out of the 10th seed? It's out. They're done. <laughs> when they get mathematically elim- eliminated is uh, 
That's coming. It's, it's coming soon. Like 15. There's only like 20 some games left. So the Mavericks, according to Tankathon, and just going record-wise, I know Tankathon looks at strength of schedule and just says, all right, this team has this winning percentage, so they're one. This team has a lower winning percentage, so they're two, and, and so on. The Mavericks have the easiest schedule the rest of the way. There's been a lot of changes, but they play the Spurs three times. They play the Hornets twice in a weird home-and-home. Home. They play the Bulls. Pacers twice. Pacers seem to have fallen off a little bit here. The Lakers, who knows what state they're going to be in. They play them twice. And then they play uh, the Jazz, who have now fallen off a little bit. The Pelicans, probably without Zion. The Warriors, probably without Steph. That one's coming up in March. And then then they play, then they're their tough teams. The Suns, Kings, Sixers twice. Heat, Grizzlies twice. And then the Hawks. Who knows what Hawks team you get on any given night. But that's the, it's like 50-50, pretty much split between, all right, this is an easier team, and this is kind of a harder team. So we will see what happens with the schedule. But we need to learn some of these things. And the first thing, how good are Luka and Kyrie together? How good are those two guys? Because they will dictate. Those two guys can dictate so many things. Think about everything you've seen Luka do himself through the playoffs last year, regular season, so many games, the Clippers series the last couple of years. Think of all the things you've seen Luka do and the heights that he's carried this team to by himself. The Mavericks have never had anybody else like Kyrie on their team before with Luka. They've actually never had anybody like Kyrie ever, probably. <laughs> like Kidd and Nash are just very different players in the past. You start looking at the, Brad Davis, very different player. Start looking at like Derek Harper, very different player. Rolando Blackman, just different different type of player. Could score, but you know, different type of player. They've never had anybody like Kyrie that can, on the court. So what Luka and Kyrie can do together is a huge question because this is not only just a ceiling-raising trade, this is a floor-raising trade too. You start with the floor. Okay, why is this a floor-raising trade? Fourth quarters. Regular season, Luka's been gassed. He's been bad in fourth quarters. I think even my boss, David Locke, host of Locked on Jazz, tweeted something about how bad Luka's been in like closing moments of fourth quarters this year. Yeah, he has. He's been bad. He hasn't been good in the clutch this year because he's been gassed by the time. He's been carrying the whole offensive load. He's having to, you know, instead of having a guy like, Brunson that can create on his own plus a guy like Dinwiddie like having those two guys he instead has Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood and how that changes for Luca himself is he has to create for them so then all of a sudden you change the whole you've changed the whole thing up the Mavericks have been able to replace the offense but they haven't been able to replace when the offense comes from because Luca is gassed by the time the fourth quarter comes it's just too much and so you bring in Kyrie now all of a sudden he can take over in fourth quarters you saw it in the Timberwolves game before the All-Star break. The Mavericks would have lost that game by like 25 before this season. Instead, they lose the game really close. Kyrie has an incredible comeback. And when those two are finally hitting at this on, on the same wavelength here, when they finally figure out the, hey, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn of the last second shot, or even during the game, like that's, that is a symptom of what they're doing during the game. When they figure that out, that's it. <laughs> like That's it. They're, once they figure it out, it's going to be next level offense, next level basketball and they're going to be able to cover up so many deficiencies from this team Luca himself covers up a ton of deficiencies think about Luca plus another guy that's an all-star starter a generational scorer a generational uh ball handler playmaker and all that then think about Luca just off the court at any given moment of the game not even just fourth quarters like there are times you say we have to play Luca this whole fourth quarter but think about any time during the game Luca's on off numbers have just been insane this year 
what he's had to do. If you want to make a case for Luca for MVP, just look at his on-off numbers. Luca right now is a plus 9.7 points per possession. So the Mavericks are scoring about 10 points per 100 possessions more when Luca's on the court compared to off, according to cleaning the glass. And they take out crunch, they take out um, garbage time and heaves and all kinds of weird stuff. They, they filter all that out. This is like the, the purest form of what their games have been. Kyrie already through like four games is a plus 10 <laughs> on the on off. He's already taken that. He's already taken that what, what Luke has done and he's already doing it. So like think about when they get that going, Kyrie's only played two games with Luca. So there's really not much like statistically we can take from that, but just in four games with Kyrie, the two without Luca and the two with his on off is already plus 10. <laughs> so that's a floor raising trade. It's also a ceiling raising trade because you are going to be better in crunch time. You're going to be better in all these different areas. You can also beat teams. You're going to be able to beat teams that try the traps, the double teams on Luka. Matt, think about all the times. <sighs> think about all the times. I have to. I put my head down and just sigh. Thinking about all the times this season that Luka Doncic was double teamed. It was so many. I feel like I can see it. Like, and then like explosions and all kinds of stuff in my head at the same time. So many double teams. So many double teams. Kyrie's going to be able to help that. He's going to take away some of those double teams. And he's going to be able to be the release valve. Imagine Kyrie is the release valve and not Dwight Powell. <laughs> when Obi-Wan and, <laughs> and New Hope says, it's like a million voices all screaming out at the same time. I just heard like a million sighs of relief all across MFFL nation maps <laughs> across all Mavs fans. I just heard you in your car. I heard you at home sitting there going, Oh man, that's so true. Oh, it's going to be so much better coming up. Let's keep talking about Luca and Kyrie. Then we'll talk about who else can step up for this Dallas Mavericks team and uh, who can be in that ninth rotation spot. I think they only need one more. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel is the uh, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. You can go check out FanDuel right now. And brand new customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Go see what they have. You can bet up to 1000 bucks, and they'll give it back to you if you're first bet. So go try it. Just go see what it's like. Go try it right now. If you're thinking about Luka for MVP, it's, it's a long way off here. He's plus 2,100. He's behind Jokic, who's the favorite again. Embiid, he's plus 600. So he's got a, he's a decent ways behind Embiid, or a decent ways behind Jokic, according to... Uh, the odds here. Giannis is a step behind Joel Embiid, and then Tatum is plus 1,800. So that's a considerable step behind. And then Luka's behind Tatum at plus 2,100. Behind Luka is John Morant, though, plus 6,500. So there's there's a big gap. There are, definite, there are definite tiers. It's Jokic by himself. A little bit underways is Embiid, and then Giannis. They're kind of the same. And then another step down is Tatum and Luka. That's how FanDuel sees it. You can go bet on that if you're interested in that. Go check out the... Um, no sweat versus bet up to $1,000. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. All right, Isaac, thanks for making Locked On Maps your first listen each and every day and every post game. We will be here. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us, being part of the Raccoon Squad. You're a part of the Raccoon Squad if you listen to the show every day. All right, let's get into um, Luca with Luca and Kyrie. One, one last thing here. Oh, dang, I got to do one more thing. With Luka and Kyrie, it's it's not just about them playing separately. It's about them playing together. So for the rest of the 22 games, I want to see how they can work off of each other, how they can make it work to where they're working in unison and not just your turn, my turn. We're going to see some your turn, my turn 
Of course. That's what this offense has been all year. But Kyrie has kind of brought in and implemented a little bit of that ball movement, the passing. We've talked about the passing numbers over and over again. I'll remind you of them. Mavericks averaged 267 passes a game before the Kyrie trade. In the four games since the Kyrie trade, 330 passes, (laughs) which should lead the league. That's a big difference. That's a big, like, philosophical change. So not just how Luka and Kyrie look together. How do these two different philosophical ways look? What do they do after the All-Star break? Do they they try and implement anything else? This first Spurs game, I think, is going to be really interesting. And I think some of these really easy games, I mentioned, they play the Spurs three times, the Hornets twice. Those games are going to be, like, let's try some stuff. Let's try some Luka and Kyrie, like, pick and roll. Let's try some weird stuff. And let's just... Let's let's experiment because we know that in the fourth quarter, we can just turn it on and beat these teams. It's just how it works. So they'll they'll mess around in those games and then they'll, they'll figure something out. And Jason Kidd will be messing with rotations. And that's what I expect in those five games. We'll see if it happens, but that's what I expect in those games. And so I'm interested to see how they look together. How can they work in unison? We know separately, they're two of the best isolation scores in the NBA. That's going to be great in the playoffs. They're going to need that in the playoffs. Think about all the times when Brunson or Dinwiddie were asked to go get a bucket in the playoffs. And they did for the most part. Now it's Kyrie Irving. <laughs> now it's one of the greatest scores the NBA has seen this, you know, in this generation. That's a big difference. And so the question is, how good are Luka and Kyrie? How good is Luka plus Kyrie is kind of the, the question I've been asking. Next question I want to answer, though, is who else steps up? When I'm looking at the Mavs rotation going into the playoffs... A playoff rotation is really only like eight or nine guys. It's very, very rare that you play like 10 guys in a playoff series. Even look at last year. Look at what the Mavericks did last year in the playoffs. And you had like the main guys of like Reggie and Dorian, Luka and Brunson and Dinwiddie, Maxi, about 25 minutes. And then there's a drop off. Dwight, Davis, Frank, Dwight and Davis played every game. That's eight. Then, like, Josh Green played 16 games. Frank played 12 games. So, like, that one of those one of those spots in the rotation is, like, you know, it depends on which what you need in that matchup. And I think the Mavericks have that this year, but that's given that the rest of your guys are solid in your rotation. So, where are the Mavericks right now this season? Luka, Kyrie, Reggie Bullock, Josh Green, Tim Hardaway, and Maxi. That's six players. That's six players, and those are, those are I think, guaranteed playoff spots, playoff rotation spots. They're all bringing different things. They're all bringing a lot to the table in their own in their own ways. Maybe not a lot, but they're all bringing things in their own way to the table. Christian Wood is the seventh one, I think. I'm fascinated to see what Jason Kidd thinks about Christian Wood. We've talked about Christian Wood a lot this year. I think he should be bigger part of the rotation than he's been. Jason Kidd disagrees with me. He's the coach. So that's what's going to happen. So we've talked a lot about what is and not necessarily what we think, but I think they have to lean into the Christian Wood thing. But come playoff time, it's going to be fascinating, especially with Maxi Kleba back. How will they lean into him? Will it just be, you know, who works better with him, Luca or Kyrie? The moments, I think it's he's going to play his same kind of off-the-bench role. You know, you look at what, uh, Dwight played last year. Davis played last year. Thir- like 14, 10 to, 10 to 14 minutes. I know, I know, I know, I know. I hear you, I hear you. But that's probably going to be his role. Think about the guys in front of him. Then you have like the Dwight JaVale spot. I think the Dwight Powell, JaVale McGee spot is the same as last year. You have one of those guys play like 10 to 15 minutes. And... Or, or both those guys combined for that. Who knows? 
And to remind you about Dwight, when people say, oh, well, Dwight was out of the playoff rotation. He was he was out of the playoff rotation, so he's not going to be part of it. Okay, Dwight Powell averaged 18 minutes a game against the Jazz in the first round series. He averaged 13 minutes a game against the Suns and then 10 minutes a game against the Warriors. Still not nothing. He still played. Now, it was like a weird spot start, and then he didn't like, really see the floor again. He started like in the first quarter and the third quarter, and that was kind of it by the Warriors series. So that's what you remember. But don't forget, in the playoffs... First round, he was playing 18 minutes a game against the Jazz. So there is a role there. And I think Dwight and JaVale kind of combined for that. So I'm combining them as one spot. They're the eighth spot. So we got Luka, Kyrie, Bullock and Green, the wings, Tim Hardaway, Maxi when he's back. And that's the big thing we'll talk about in the third segment. Christian Wood in his own kind of category that could be could be DNC PCDs at times in the playoffs. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. He's the seventh spot. The Dwight and JaVale spot, that's eight. And then you have this ninth spot. Who else steps up? That's the big question. You have five options, I think. Actually, no, you have five options <laughs> because those are the only players left. The two-way guys cannot play. McKinley Wright and AJ Lawson cannot play. They, they will not be part of this. Um, they will not be part of the playoffs. They cannot play in the playoffs. You ha- Actually, you have six guys, I guess, you could consider now that, now that Theo Pinson has kind of... Um, emerged here I'll, I'll consider him markeith morris is the first one i'm really looking at because if you look at what the mavericks don't have they don't have size they don't have size at at a big man really with dwight and javel and christian wood like they're, they're struggling there they're also struggling on the wings because reggie bullock and josh green and tim are not like big wings they're like six six all of them they're all six six basically josh may be a, a hair under that but they're all about six six markeith morris a little bit bigger According to Callie Kaplan, he told um, Callie Kaplan of Dallas Morning News, quote, I wasn't in the Nets rotation, so yeah, I'm a little out of shape. I would I, I would say I'm in shape, but I'm not in top, top basketball shape that I could be. And so I think Kid's going to give him a chance after All-Star. I'm really fascinated to see what he looks like, how he's part of this team, and all that, what he can bring to this team. I think he'll bring wing size and experience. I mean, Isaac would call it a bubble playoffs, but at least he played with Jason Kidd as the assistant coach, and Kidd knows what he's capable of. The Mavericks need a guy like that. He's been shooting decently well with the Nets. He hasn't shot well for his career from three, really, but he did shoot 40% with the Nets in limited sample size. So I'm interested to see what he looks like. And he comes back after the All-Star game in shape. I think there's a role for him. Justin Holiday. I think he may have a really good chance to play some minutes. Buyout guy. The Mavericks just added him. He was playing with the Hawks this year. He's 6'6 with a 7-foot wingspan. He's played in nine career playoff games, which is not a lot for like a 33-year-old. He, but he played four games with Indiana in 2020, and he played like 33 minutes a game for them. So that's like decent experience. He at least was part of a you know big-time part of a rotation in the playoffs at some point. It was only four games, but at least it was at some point. This year, he fell out of the Hawks rotation, but he's still like a useful vet. He can play good team defense. He'll be a guy out there. Like imagine the Frank Nilakina minutes from last year going to Justin Holiday. I think that's what we're looking at, probably. But and he can shoot better than than Frank Nilakina for sure. So that's I'm really interested to see how he he fits in as well because I think they could actually use him. He could easily be that ninth guy. Markeith, Justin Holiday, Davis Bertans. Don't count out Davis Bertans. The Latvian Laser. Pew pew pew. Don't count him out. He's been out with a calf injury since February second. Um, the uh, you know we'll see what happens with him going into these next couple of games here. But last year, he had five DNP CDs during the season. He ended up playing every single playoff game last year. 
and averaging 11 minutes a game. He played every playoff game. There's something about what he brings to the table. Now, we know it's shooting, but he also tries on defense, and that, that matters for something in the playoffs. He had five DNP CDs last year where he like just didn't even play in the regular season. He's had five so far this year. His role is a little bit less than it was last season so far, but don't count him out as a spot, uh, as being part of that, that last part of that rotation spot. Frank Nielkin is another one. Well, you look at Frank and you're like, well, but he just hasn't played this year. Yeah, he's had 15 DNP CDs. So did not play coach's decision. He's had 15 of those this year where he's just sat out. Not injured, just sat out and they didn't play him. He had 15 last year too. <laughs> and last year he had 19 games where he played less than five minutes. So he just got thrown in there. So essentially a DNP CD as well. So you're looking at, you know, what, 24 games where he was just kind of around. <laughs> 34 games, I'm sorry. 34 games where he was just kind of like around and didn't really, it wasn't really a big part of the rotation. This year, 15 DNP CDs and eight games under five minutes. So he's actually a little bit more part of the rotation this year than he has been last year, to be honest. And last year, he was did not play the entire Utah series. He didn't really play the first two games of the Phoenix series. And then he played 12 minutes a game the rest of the playoffs. He came in, played well against Devin Booker. So who knows? Like he is a wild card that, Jason Kidd could pull out of his back pocket depending on the matchup and be part of the playoff rotation. I think it would probably go to Justin Holiday instead of Frank Nilakina now, but we counted Frank out last year. And like, I don't know about you, but people forget about Frank. Gotcha. Gotcha. You thought I wasn't going to do it. You thought I wasn't. The last one is Jaden. One of the last ones is Jaden Hardy. I think he's, I think at this point of the season with 22 games left, I think he's out of a playoff rotation. Rookie. He's already like a mistake-prone rookie. Defense is really lacking for him at this point, and they haven't developed him enough. Like We, we haven't seen enough from Jaden Hardy to me, and I know Jason Kidd hasn't seen enough of him. 31 games in the NBA, which is actually surprising to me, but he's played that many games. But even this last stretch where he's played, what, since, since January 1st, he's played 20 games, 15 minutes a night, basically. So... That wasn't enough. They needed to start him earlier. Honestly, like December even would have been a little bit earlier to start him and get him working into the defense. Just hasn't panned out. I don't see him. Maybe he comes in as a spot shooter here and there. His defense is just not good enough to, to throw him out there. You, you cannot make mistakes in the playoffs now anymore. So uh, coming up, let's talk about uh, what this defense is capable of because I think that's another huge, huge question the Mavericks have to answer. I don't know if they can answer it the rest 22 games, the rest of these 22 games, so I, I saved it for the end. But let's talk about it. What does it hinge on? Talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac, we talked about what the last spot, the last rotation spot could be. I actually left a name out now that I think about it. Theo Pinson is the last one. I don't know if Theo. I don't know what coach really thinks of Theo Pinson at this point in the season because he was just not playing and just not playing and didn't have a role. And all of a sudden, the last five games, he's played 16 minutes a night and been actually part of the rotation. He he did not play a ton this year, and all of a sudden, has been part of the rotation. I think Justin Holiday, Markeith Morris, Davis Bertans maybe coming back. I think they maybe replace him. I think. Having somebody that's played with Kyrie before helped, and then he had that good fourth quarter, and then that extended his time a little bit. I don't think he's actually going to be considered for that ninth spot in the rotation, but we'll see. The defense, though, 
what is this defense capable of? I, I think it hinges on one, literally one person. <laughs> it does. And we, we have been, our eyes have been rolled. Eyes have been rolled at Isaac and I for y- literal years talking about how important Maxi Kleba is to this team. <laughs> but he is. He's so important to this team. He's been out now with this hamstring injury. He should be back after the All-Star break. We'll see exactly how close to after the All-Star break, but he's been out since um, the beginning of December. But he is what all this hinges on. Because if he's out, the Mavericks defense in the middle between Dwight Powell, JaVale, how he's been kind of in, he's definitely been in and out, and Christian Wood, they just don't have any kind of defense in the middle at all. And the Mavericks already struggled on defense in the middle during the playoffs last year. They got by because of their three-point shooting and the calculation you have to make for, all right, we're going to give up rebounding, we're going to give up stuff in the paint but we're going to defend you on the perimeter and you're not going to make more threes than us. That was the Mavs calculus last year in the playoffs. And Maxi Klebo played a huge part in that because two reasons, he can switch and he can shoot. <laughs> That's it. He's big, he can switch and he can shoot. Maybe just the three. He's such a big part of what this team did last year. Even though he, he only played 25 minutes a game during the regular season, 25 minutes a game during the playoffs, those 25 minutes were very big. And if you don't have those, the Mavericks don't win the playoff series they do last year, I don't think. He shot 43% in the playoffs. He had that one game where he hit eight threes. What is it, against the Jazz? Huge. Just massive. Like He hit he hit eight threes against the Jazz. He had five threes in, uh, what was it, in game one against the Suns. He's just just a big just a big player. They just they need him. And if he's out, it just it creates such a bigger hole than you'd think for the Mavericks. Um, so his return is a big deal. Josh Green filling in for Dorian. That's a huge thing that we have that's been untested. Dorian at least had gone through the two Clippers series, then the Jazz, then the Suns. You know, we had at least seen Dorian in a playoff series. We have not seen Josh Green successfully in a playoff series yet. So that's a huge ask. Reggie Bullock's the same. He fills his own spot from last year. Although I do feel like he's taken a slight step backwards. Maybe not even a slight, maybe a half step backwards. From last year. So Josh filling in for Dorian. Reggie filling in for himself. Even though he's a a, a little step slower. That is a big deal. So what is the defense capable of? It really hinges on Maxie's health. And Maxie being available. Josh Green with Dorian. And then what can Reggie Bullock be the same as last year? Then all of a sudden. You have a completely different question. (laughs) When I talked about the, the defense earlier in the episode. The Mavericks now, their rotation last year consisted of Brunson, who was like solid, Dinwiddie, who was like not good, but at least he was 6-6, but not good in the play, not good in the playoffs, like defensively really, but plays his role and is a smart guy and like knows knows where to be and stuff. And now you're now you're replacing that with you're you're looking at that. You're replacing it with and and now and Dorian too. Let's throw Dorian. In. Replacing it with Kyrie, Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, and like what Dwight's role is going to be. It's just a, it, you're just going from you're just taking a step down defensively, pretty much all across the board, except for Kyrie. Kyrie has surprised me. I think Kyrie is better than Brunson, better than definitely better than Dinwiddie defensively. He'll learn the defense. He'll figure out where he needs to be and all that. He's already been a better option. Even just four games in, (laughs) what I've seen is enough. I've seen enough. He's better than the guards the Mavericks had last year. 
Tim Hardaway and Christian Wood are a different question. If Jaden Hardy is part of it, that's a, that's an even different different question. The Dwight Powell JaVale McGee roles is still kind of up in the air and and a, a weakness that they had last year that they needed to fill that they didn't fill or they tried to and failed. So this defense the three guys I mentioned up top are the crux of it. And then these supporting cat the supporting cast around them is is massive. And I think that this team is capable of a little less than last year because of those supporting guys, which is why I don't know how big of a role Christian Wood's going to have. We know Tim Hardaway is going to have a big role no, no matter what. It's it's one of those things that uh, some people may not may never understand with Jason Kidd. I certainly don't. Um, then all of a sudden, uh, you can't look at any of the defensive numbers this season. I started to look at on-off. I started to look at, okay, well, Dorian was off and 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 – Bullock and Josh Green were on the court this year. You can't look at any of the numbers. Team's totally different. Even just a couple of players changed. That's that's 80 minutes a game that have changed from Dorian and Dinwiddie to now Kyrie and you know bringing back Tim Hardaway who's and and all that. So it's just it's too different. You can't look at any of the numbers. The rest of these 22 games, we will see what this team is capable of defensively, and I'm really interested to see what it is. I think they're capable of a little less than last year, but I think offensively. Think about what I talked about at the beginning with Luka and Kyrie. They can cover up more than what the Mavericks could do last year. So I think in the aggregate, this team should be better than last last year. Last year got some good matchups. We'll see what matchups the Mavs get this year. It's all dependent on matchups. We'll we'll do some more playoff preview for sure as we get through it. And then uh, stick along with the ride with us for the rest of this 22 games. We'll be here. Guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for making us your first listen. Go check out Lockdown NBA game to game. We did one on the trade deadline recently. You can go check out Lockdown NBA, the actual show. Jackson Gatlin talked with a couple of hosts on Lockdown NBA about the All-Star Weekend. I'm sure uh, Matt Moore and David Ramil will have you covered. So go check it out. Guys, thanks for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.